0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. (laughs) With Skip Hill, Andrew Barry, I'm Scott McNally. Guys, all of our programming is presented to you by truenutrition.com, high-quality third-party tested supplements, a company that all of us have trusted for 15 years plus now. Use our code THINK. You can get some additional savings. If you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. Get free shipping over $99. Uh, Lots of great blowout deals over there. And of course, we're brought to you by you guys. Patreon. Thank you to everybody. Uh, From the bottom of my heart, I just put out a uh, a special Patreon-only video. So uh, you guys who are on Patreon, be sure to check that one out. Uh, Of course, I'm here today, like I said, with Skip and Andrew. We're just going to dive straight into our listener questions, guys. All right. I wanted to jump to this one because I feel like this will be like our our YouTube (coughs) grabber topic that I can post in the you know, the title and all of that uh, from, from Reza. He says a question for the next one. I feel like PEDs don't really do much for me. I've taken proper pharma grade stuff, but I still, uh, but I feel like regardless of what I take, I don't really feel much of a strength gain. I've seen progress throughout my 10 plus years of training but regardless of whether I'm on or off, I pretty much feel the same in the gym. Diet has been good, and whether it's to help me off-season or in prep, it's not done much. Could some people just respond that
1: poorly to PEDs? Yes. Here's what you do, box everything up, Mm -hmm. get a pen, and I'm gonna real quick just jot down this address and tell me when you're ready. (laughs) that gear isn't doing you any good pal you need to send it to somebody that can benefit from it
0: well test it it, out
1: yeah i mean with that clearly i mean people there are people who just respond poorly not only to gear but to training to diet i mean it just it's gear is no different than different really than dieting or nutrition there are just some people who are not going to respond well then they think it's dosage then they think it's compounds and which ones are synergistically not working they haven't found the right you know, cycle yet, the right dosing protocol, unfortunately, and God would it suck. But if you just didn't respond hardly at all, and there are people that it it would blow, but there are those people. There's no, there's no question.
2: Well, we've all probably had clients where they're, you know, they work their ass off. Like they send you videos, you know, they're busting Mm -hmm. ass. You know, they're not the type that's ever going to eat one less or one more gram of whatever you're putting on their plans. They're taking the gear you're, you're, you're asking them to take. And not much happens. Like, I, I think we've all had those people. And by God, do I feel really, really bad because life's just not fair, right? It's just, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, uh, the only other thing that comes to mind is he's ta- he says he's taken proper farmer grade stuff. Now, does he know for a fact, like, it's farmer grade stuff? Because what is um, counterfeited farmer grade stuff, right? Shit. Like, no one's, no one's counterfeiting the underground lab shit, like, because True. it's underground lab shit. That's the only thing I'm going to is that maybe he hasn't actually taken like like my advice is maybe try some underground shit and you know see how it does. But you could just be a non responder. Um yeah.
0: It's rare, you know, but I, I do think rare. those those people are out there. In fact, I mean let's let's look at it this way too. It's not like everybody has the same response and that there's one guy that doesn't we all have various responses you know like we had talked about on the previous episode Andrew's response to GH is probably going to be different than some other people's is I imagine that my response is probably different than Andrew's and different from Skip's you know so some of us are probably going to be higher on that spectrum and some of us are probably going to be a little bit genetically less fortunate I guess is is what my thought would be on that and heck we can even see it Look at uh, look at TRT dosing. That's why when that's why so often our answer on gear questions on dosing is that it depends, right? Because yeah. it does depend. What 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 I could get out of say say let's talk TRT. Uh, I know I work with guys that are on like 100 milligrams every week. I work with guys that are on 300 milligrams every week that are all you know in the the normal range. So it would be interesting. It would be interesting to have Reza do a TRT dose and see where he registers. Like, what are your test levels when you're on 100 milligrams per week, yeah. you know?
1: And free and, tests, free tests versus SHBG, uh, that sort of thing, because those things will matter too. Your total test might look good, your SHBG, or your free test might not. Um, there's there's some things there that you would need to, you'd want to compare, and you'd want to make sure that everything is good. What is the dosing too? He doesn't mention dosing. I don't know if it's, you know. Ridiculously. I'm going to imagine
2: which... in 10 plus years, he's tried multiple do- doses. <clears throat> I would think and so. Too, moderate. Yeah. The oh, other shit, thing though, you guys us. mentioned, oh, the other thing you mentioned was, um, you know, you know, checking his blood values with, with what he's taking. That's great. But I've seen people where their blood values are what we'd expect they to be when you're super duper dosing it. Yep. but they're not getting the response, which tells me that there's two sides of the equation. It's getting it into your body, but it's also your body using it. Meaning you're maybe, yeah. you have plenty of, you've plenty of anabolics in your system. You just don't have the anabolic receptors that, or they're yeah. dysfunctional or they're not, they're not, it's not tying properly or whatever, you know? Yep. He says, uh, I get my stuff from
0: a pharmacist that I know. Also, I, tried. I even tried uh, the
2: UG stuff. So my advice is try uh, insulin and GH.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wonder man. You know, I, I think of, um, I had a really interesting client. Uh, she was born both a male and a female at birth. And, um, they didn't even know this until she was like a late teenager and she got her test levels checked and they were like 800 and they were like, what? But here's the thing. Uh, she had, she's like a genetic anomaly in the coolest way. So she had the ability to get the positive benefits out of androgens, but she didn't get the negative side effects. So like That's she awesome. didn't get the crazy hair growth or anything like that. She was a beautiful woman. Like you, you wouldn't ever guess that like there was something different about the way she hormonally worked. Sounds uh, like my
2: type. <laughs> yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, except for
1: it's, the sex drive. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say like, all yeah. the positives.
0: None of them. Yep.
1: But it, you know, you. Like,
0: but it goes to show like, I mean, she her response to androgens yeah. was she had a great response and didn't get the sides. I'm sure there's other people. You know, it's all about yeah, it's all about those receptors and how well how well you can bind, right? So mm-hmm.
1: and is he feeding? I mean, is he is he mm. just eating? I, I hate to say, it, but like like a like a bird, or yeah. is he really eat, feeding the machine? Uh, the, the thing is, is the argument would be, and I understand it. Some guys will eat like shit and they won't eat much. They get on a cycle or two and they just blow up. So then they, you have a good responder there versus someone who has to fight for every ounce of muscle that you can. And then if you're off for two weeks, you end up losing, you you feel like you lose 80% of it until you're back on again.
2: That's actually a really good point, Skip, because I had a client um, who he was Indian and, you know, like their diets, he he was traditional. He's from India. He moved over here. He was a dentist Mm -hmm. and he sought me out as a personal trainer. I educated him a little bit about the anabolics, but I didn't help him get him or anything. I just, you know, told him what to do. His diet on the other end, he didn't want to take much advice on the diet. But when I asked him about his diet, it was like equivalent of like two ounces of protein and like yeah. three cups of rice with every meal. So that is actually a really good point. That is something Reza should look into, too. Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. And like, Reza, sure. look, what, what is your nationality? It, yeah, it shouldn't matter. <clears throat> but I'm assuming from his name that it could be to where, the, depending on the food from his culture, that maybe it is something where it's, they're not heavy, higher protein type foods, you know. It, but it's he's been
0: doing it at, hard t- I'm t- going to, in his defense, I'm going to say this, he's been doing it for 10 years.
2: And he wrote right here, I've tried feeding all different kinds of ways. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So, yeah.
2: My free test, et cetera, looks about normal when
0: I'm. i oh, sorry. Yeah, he's dosed I'm all around 200
2: mg a week. Well, what's normal? Are we talking like 300 normal? Which because some doctors will say, "Oh yeah, you're normal," or is it like 750 to 900? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. He's dosed his test all the way up to a gram with other
0: compounds. So, okay. And if
1: that's farm grade tests, that's a lot of tests you got going on there. That's some good
0: tests you got going right yeah. there. Yeah. All right, I'll see what else we got here with just gonna now. Grab- the DEA
1: right now is running down your friend at the pharmacy, though. I just want to let you. Know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just threw him under the bus, big time.
0: Uh, cheats. Or Refeed meals. Uh, during a prep, if things are going according to schedule, do you guys follow the Old Meadows 9 out of 10 rule? One cheat a week if everything is spot on. I know Skip uses the term skip-loading, which I think is a form of a refeed. Just wondered everybody's opinion. Great show as usual. And he said, let's go, Nate, because this came out before Nate did the Boston Pro, which he looked <laughs> freaking fantastic, man. Mm-hmm.
2: Congrats. I agree. So, well, first, let me just say that there wasn't really a 9 out of 10 rule with John. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, I was wondering because I never heard of that. Yeah, like, no, no, no. <laughs> That that applies to the off-season. Like if one out of every 10 meals is a little, eh, you know, if you'd rather go and have, you know, a Chipotle burrito instead of steak and rice for one of your meals a couple times a week, okay, no big deal. Pre-contest though, I mean, well, here's a quick story. I went 22 weeks. We started my prep for, I think, NPC Vermont in 2014. And I didn't have a free meal the whole time, right? And then I get out to his place when, let's see. It was was shortly after that. He was getting ready for the Arnold classic in 2015. I I was there about three or four weeks out and he looked obviously ready at four weeks out, but he's Mm -hmm. posing for me and he's like, can you believe I haven't had a free meal in three weeks? And I'm like three weeks. I'm like, John, i went like 22, 23 weeks. (laughs) He's like, well, you didn't ask for any. I'm like, you're allowed to ask. Like, I'm not going to (laughs) ask the mountain dog. Can I have a free meal? Right. right, right. right. Anyway, bitching uh, out anyway, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, but anyway, I think people like might as attribute the 9 out of 10 thing that he's that this person's referring to in one of his programs for one of the years he was getting ready for the universe or something like that he would always go out and do donuts with his family on Sundays ah. and I, I think that was part of the I mean let's let's be honest John started his diets in the kind of condition that most of us try to get to and I'm not yeah, even making that up. bingo okay. yeah. his, his his 15 or 10 week out pictures is most of us on show day okay yeah. he just gets drier and drier and drier from there but point being is that i think that was also to uh, maintain a semblance of family because his boys were a little bit older now they weren't infants and to keep his wife happy and you know keep keep family going because he would go to church and then they would go go and do donuts afterwards and that's something that he could get away with not all of his clients can
1: but in fairness let's understand too because i think a lot of people don't know this i didn't know this so i was surprised when i found this out john's idea of donuts might have been two
2: The guy Uh, didn't
1: eat like I did, and everybody else.
2: No, 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 no. It was like (laughs) one, maybe two donuts.
1: Right, and more likely, I always assumed that it was because he kind of couldn't really force food as much, right? Because of I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just assuming. but I think part of it is he knew
2: he knew not to eat too much of certain things because it would just be coming right out the other end in in an hour. But Mm. he also just didn't have an appetite. Like when we'd go on the road together. I'd have two to three meals of his every one. No kidding. uh, Oh, like one time we got done training legs and I took him to a sushi place and I was in prep, so I just ordered chicken and rice. He was like, oh, I got an appetite. I'm like, order whatever you want. He got five huge sushi rolls. I mean, it looked awesome, right? Yeah. He takes like a bite of each one of them when they come. He's like, oh, man, he's like, I think I bit off more than I can chew. And I'm like, I knew you were going to do that. I was because I was picking on him before that. I'm like, oh, yeah, big appetite. Sure enough, he brought it back to the hotel room. Like, so no, he didn't have an appetite. But you're right; his cheat meals were like, you know, when you write down, okay, have a burger and fries. Like, he would just have a burger and fries. It wouldn't be burger, fries, dessert, another dessert, another dessert, and extended to a four hour window. It was like that, just that burger and fries.
0: Yeah,
1: and if you really think about it, I hate to get going on John, but I'm I'm a little surprised that the amount of food that he ate from a caloric standpoint that he was able to be that fucking big like I would waste away and I'm a I'm a fraction of his physique I could not maintain I would literally feel like I was waiting for a bag of rice to fall from a plane while swatting flies away from my face. That's a very bad. I think joke, I calculated his food
2: at like, I think, kept, like, I think it was like four weeks out and it was something like 1650 calories. Like yeah. Yeah. just not something that you would expect a 220 pounds already shredded man yeah. to yeah. be consuming. Yeah. Right. And not using any stims, chems, T3, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Like, yeah yeah he he backed
0: it off even further after he had retired i remember doing a podcast with him like literally just the next year and i was like what do you what does your breakfast look like john i I think because i wanted to hear him say pancakes and he was like Mm -hmm. well i'll have like two eggs and
1: Mm -hmm. uh two egg whites and i was like yeah (laughs) two whole egg whites we are digressing Oh, Bad, good point. I apologize. Thank you. Yeah, that's. Thank you. That, anyway, thank you for back sti-
0: to the question. Skip steered us in the right direction. I did. Good job, Skip.
2: <laughs> Keep
0: us, us right back. Hey. Yeah. Let me find it here. Uh, if I can, if I can.
2: Basically, uh, how we do you refeeds, Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cheap meal or refeed. Yeah. He said um, once a week. You know, should you should you plan one in once a week if everything is spot on, um, or you know, basically, what's well, the approach? What's the approach? And I, I do that.
1: I do that the large majority of the time. If if my clients are on and everything's going consistently, yeah, you know, and that's part of skip loading. Is typically it's once a week, the same day well, every can week, you ex- and then it can you explain why though? The time frame.
2: What's that? Can you explain why? Though? Like with your the- like with your, your your setup, like you're you're driving them down, down, down to where they're glycogen depleted, they're losing body yeah. fat for several days, and then you're having this massive influx of calories, glycogen loading, getting their metabolism regoing again, and then you start the right. process over again. So exactly. there's a rhyme and a reason to it, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's based on that seven day cycle usually. But I just want to be fair because, you know, you said that you that it's massive. They can be massive. But yeah, other times sorry. it's one meal. Sometimes it's two meal. It's just based on those three hour increments based on how many meals. And sometimes they are massive. Sometimes they're they're, you know, damn near from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. But it depends on that individual, the factors uh, for that individual and how fast they're dropping their condition, everything.
2: So that's what I wanted to touch on. It depended on all those factors. Yeah, yeah, yep. how fast they're dropping, their condition, how they're looking, how far out you are out. Yeah, yeah. That, I, would say I would say
0: if I were to start somebody on a diet, and um, I, I usually don't add a cheat meal out the gate. I, I the way I see dieting is, and I'm sure that you guys do too. It's just you you. You get somebody into a state that they're getting depleted, and then when they basically get to the point where it's time, when is it time to refeed them? It's time to refeed them when either a you I haven't seen progress uh, in the pictures or the scale for a period of time, uh, b they're they're feeling like super weak and that they they need that boost. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of – uh, there's got to be other reasons. I'm not thinking can't of get a them.
2: Can't get a palm Yeah, yeah, like can't yeah.
0: – yeah, exactly,
2: you know. So you have like your physical factors.
0: Yeah, the physical mm-hmm. factors that and then the mental side sometimes too. If somebody's like, hey, I'm just going to crack if I don't have a cheat meal, then guess what? I don't care where we're at. We're going to try to have one. And depending on what the situation – like if it was that, like a mental thing, I'm probably going to be like, hey, okay, let's do a cheat meal, but we're really going to plan this out and we're going to try to work damage control because I don't want to set you up, you know, no matter what yeah. – Though the thought is, is that we're depleting somebody, depleting somebody, depleting somebody. And sometimes I fill them back up with a high day. Sometimes I fill them back up with a cheat meal. And whatever we're doing, for me, the way I see it is it's an opportunity to see how they fill back out. Even if we're 16 weeks out, this is practice for peaking them for the day of the show. You know what I mean? And so I, I just explained this too, just for for the viewer who asked the question, like kind of like what my mindset is, and I know it's going to be really similar to your guys' too, but dieting is just a serious, it's it's a combination of depleting somebody and then filling them back out and then ble- depleting them back down. And in that process, they get leaner and leaner and then we can control how fast they, you know, I, I'll i watch mine might not be every week. I might have somebody depleting it in four days and then we need mm-hmm. to load them back
2: up. Or maybe what would it's to gonna- say to that, wouldn't you say that, like, maybe early on in a prep, you might need to refeed them every 10 days or every yes. two weeks yeah. or every week even. But then as you get closer to the show, you're really monitoring every two to three days because they might need two days and then three low days and then two or three days of high day. De- you know what I mean? Just, it can be it all over dec- the place. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, like, it takes a coach. Like, you can't just, like, write out on paper, okay for this 15 weeks, you're going to do this. And then you're going to have one high day and I'll see you in 15 weeks. I'll see you at the show. Like, you'll look great. Like, that's why yeah. it takes like an eye to see. It's going to evolve you know?
0: for sure. dude. It's, it's, it's going to evolve.
2: evolve. And to me, like loss is always like three things. Like there's three decisions you got to make. Uh, do we need to push harder? Do we need to keep doing what we're doing or do we need to pull back? And by pull back, I mean adding food or pulling cardio, rest days, that kind of thing. And it just takes a good eye to be able to see what's happening with the body, what's happening with the physique, with the performance, all that, to make those decisions.
0: And honestly, if I can throw this in here, I'm going to venture to say that all three of us spend the majority of our work hours thinking about those factors right there. Like that's literally… What we're doing is as contest coaches. Who, who, who? What do you? What do you got? Who's, who's texting you,
2: Andrew?
0: What's going on here? So,
2: Ra- Rachel just sent me a text. What she, said and- and- <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> what she said? Don't tell them what I said. Well, no. Remember, I told you that we're doing a sushi briefing tonight, so it's actually quite relevant. Yeah. But oh. she, in quotations, writes. Read in an Asian voice, you want me to pick some sushi rolls for you? <laughs> <laughs> I saw his face, and he just like couldn't help but laugh. It just made me laugh. <laughs> I'm going to go on mute for two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: anyway, what do you say we move on, Skip? We'll start the next Sounds question. Good. Andrew won't know what it is, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's read um, it and then take it down. All right, great great content as always. You guys should be, oh, he says you guys should be the most underrated body bu- or bodybuilding YouTube channel uh, or you should rate cause we rated underrated coaches
1: uh, oh, yeah, yeah. last
0: episode. He says that he would say we are the most underrated, uh, bodybuilding channel. That's cool.
1: Nice.
0: Question is for skip since I think he's the only guy with kids could be wrong though. Uh, what advice tips would you have? Would you give to a new father currently on TRT and still
1: trying to train four to five times a week? Thanks. Um, new father. So the baby's already been born.
0: <laughs> so why are you on TRT still? That's my first question.
1: Yeah. Oh God. There's you know advice. Advice. I'm assuming that he means to. Here's what happens a lot with people when they first have a child. They they're adjusting to the new schedule. Um. They're trying to get you know everything from feeding to uh, their sleep is messed up, things like that. They're trying to help their wife as much as possible so that she doesn't go homicidal <laughs> um but, and I laugh, but i mean it's a very it's an emotional time with hormones and things like that post postpartum and um it's a tough it's a tough time, especially if it's your first child let me if ask you, you have this. A, a couple it gets better
0: yeah if you when you guys were getting ready to have your first kid, did you think like bodybuilding was going to be off the table from here on out?
1: Well, it definitely, no, I didn't think from here on out, but it was off the table because you're just so anxious and you're so freaked out and you think you're, you know, you're like, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm not, a, you know, how am I going to be a good day? You go through all that typical normal stuff and you know that you better put that shit on the side, but just a responsible person will kind of backseat it. Um, you may try and you may make an attempt and everything else, but things just kind of become very, very chaotic. Your sleep isn't very good. Uh, getting your meals in, it's just out of your routine because, of course, you have a baby where you didn't have a baby before. But I will say this. I have a, a close friend who uh, just had a child, and he was dealing with a lot of the same stuff, and I laughed. at him. And it, it was cute because every couple of weeks he'd come, and, come back to me and text me. He goes, how did you guys ever do this with four kids? But you just adapt over time. And once you have one, you understand and expect what's coming for the next one so it's easier kind of as as you have more kids but you will get back into it just get your routine and your schedule in place let it fall into place once the baby's born for the first few months don't expect much from your training and your progress. And you'll be surprised at how quickly once you get your structure and you get your, which is nice because bodybuilders are typically very, very structured anyway. So if you've already been bodybuilding for any length of time, once the baby is born and you're gonna thrive on that structure. So you're gonna try to find that routine and that structure Uh, quicker than most would. So once you do that, then you'll start to feel comfortable about, okay, I'm sleeping a little better. Okay, now I think I can go to the gym at this time. It'll all fall back into place, I think, quick, well, a lot quicker than most people think it will. And then by the time you get to like the third or fourth one, at like two two or three weeks post- uh, birth, you're taking your kid to the gym and to daycare at the gym because they're they know you and they're like oh we're good with it. You've had three other ones, so <laughs> we're not supposed to take your baby for two months, but we'll take her. And then you have to get caught like you're in the you're in the middle of squats and you get called over the loudspeaker, uh, Ken Hill to the daycare to the daycare and you just laugh because you know you got to go over there and change a shitty diaper you're huffing and puffing and you throw your kid up in the air and they're like oh ah. your arms are and then all you go pumped, back over hardly... yeah exactly and then you go back and you jump right back in the spot rack like it's, it's just those things that you do as a father um that you you would be deemed as not very hardcore but you're a father it is what it is so you better find a way well, to balance it because that's just how it goes that's just what you are now
2: isn't it more hardcore that you're able to get all amped up for a leg set stop go change a diaper and then get amped up again like isn't it i I absolutely
1: do think that and i think that my years of training prior allows me i'm the type of guy that can talk to you in between sets and then go "Mm, i got it i'm hold on and jump into a set and it's a you guys know it's a it's a switch you just flip it and it's just there. It's something. But a lot of people struggle with that. And I always laugh and say, I think it's the people who complain about people talking to them and complain about shit in the gym. They can't flip the switch. So instead of blaming themselves, they blame everything that's going on around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and I don't I mean you know, I'm no angel but I don't do that I just said you can do whatever the fuck you want in the gym if you're not in my way and you're not making it difficult for me to get my shit done because I don't give a fuck what you're doing because I'm in my own little bubble anyway what you're doing is not impacting me I flip a switch most people who have trained for, for any length of time should be able to psych- psychologically flip that switch
0: uh, doers and, do and shout right? out to dog dads Andrew <laughs> <laughs>
2: My All dog right. goes to the gym with me every day now.
0: Oh, you're kidding me! Nah, that's cool. that's other, cool. Yeah,
2: my other dog is, you know we lost the other one, so we don't like to leave him home alone. So he goes to the gym yeah. with us every day. He that's goes cool. everywhere with us. It's cool. You're take lucky him on that you can do that. You know. Yeah, he's a little guy, so but we're actually going to take him on a plane for the first time in two weeks to go to Orlando for a show. So oh hell yeah, we'll see nice. how it goes. We've we've been taking yeah. him in public a lot lately in a little dog bag that kind of thing, and we just got him a backpack that he can that I'm going to wear. Those are to great. The airport. Those are yeah, great. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes.
0: -hmm. All right, we got another one here. Good luck, Nate. Because once again, this came out right before uh, the Boston Pro. He says, Question for you fellas at the end of the diet phase where you've gotten lean, um, not show ready, beach ready, abs, veiny uh, pubic bones, etc. Okay, uh, and are wanting to go into a long off season to grow. Uh, what is your take on the best way to start it do you remain your new low body weight uh, for a week then gradually up the calories or do you jump right back into maintenance then gradually into a surplus uh, i mean he, he gives us a couple examples there and then he also adds um thanks guys love the show can't be listening to you guys doing my morning cardio
2: I guess my first question is, were PEDs involved in this whole thing, um, you know, getting get into this beach-ready look? Because it goes back to what we talked about in the previous show segment about not wanting to go into a deficit right after um, coming off a cycle. But, um, I mean, I would do the same thing I would do with a lot of people that, you know, after contest prep, you know, like... I'll have people after the contest prep. They have the weekend. They kind of do a little bit of what they want. They eat what they want. And then by Thursday, I want them basically on their same diet plan. And by Thursday, I want them to be back to where they were the Friday before the show so that they're starting with a clean slate again. And hopefully they got cravings and you know that post-show kind of gluttony phase kind of out of the way because it's everyone's human and they've been yeah. restricting for so long and shelby talks a lot about this in some of his posts about you know you're gonna slip up after diet it's okay like you've been very regimented up to this point but in terms of like adding calories i would start off by adding like maybe 20 percent carbohydrate in from what he's doing and structure them so that Most of them are going pre and post-workout, monitor, see how he's doing. Is he happy with the gains he's making and the lack of body fat he's putting on? Okay, let's bump it up another 15% uh, the following week or or maybe two weeks later, that kind of thing. Uh, It's one of those things where you got to try something and see how you're looking, see how your body's looking, see where your blood sugar's at, and then do more of it if, if things are going well or pull back slightly if need to, you know a lot of times i'll end up doing two weeks in a surplus, one week in a slight deficit in the off season and then just kind of continue that trend as much as we can.
0: i remember my first contest and i didn't quite know what the reverse process was. so i remember spending the last few weeks of the diet daydreaming about what my off season was going to look like. And getting out a notepad and like actually writing it out. And it was like meal one will be like one cup of oats and meal two will be like two cups of rice. And then I'll have three cups of rice before this. And I remember showing it to my coach and being like, what do you think? You think of this? And I just remember him looking at me like, like I was really dumb. And I understand no. what he was saying now. Yeah. Cause I've had people do the same thing to me. Like, Hey, what do you think about yeah. this? Like concocting this like perfect off season loaded, probably like 7,000 calories out the gate. But I'm with you, man. You know, I think everybody's going to have a different tolerance for being able to reverse. Some people can handle more out the gate than others, you know, but yeah, you're just going to, you're going to have to not just ramp it up. You know, you take your time with it.
2: One thing Definitely. I will say is oh, be, as red, yeah, be as regimented with your diet as you were in your, mm-hmm. your fat loss diet, because here's what I see a lot of athletes in particular do is, and you know what, you can't, you, sometimes you can't blame them because you have to push some of these people so hard to get into shape, but they start breaking the discipline that they had before. Like yes. instead of the 15 grams of peanut butter, well, I'll just take a tablespoon and that if you weighed it out, it would be 25 grams or, and in their mind, they're not cheating, Right. But those calories add up, you know, or, you know, I'll have, uh, you know, you put down like 200 grams of rice, but they're not really measuring the stuff out anymore. They're eyeballing. It yeah. Anymore. So yeah. I think be is regimented. So you know exactly what you're doing and you know, if you need to pull back, I think that's a big thing there.
1: I also think that your evaluation of your own physique and condition can really screw you. You go and you eat something or you eat more than what you're supposed to. And when you look like a freak an hour later, that is not a true indication of what that meal did to your. That's the shock impact. That's yeah. not necessarily the caloric impact that doesn't hit for another day or two. Yeah. So a lot of times you'll feel great about the you know, and you're basically justifying or reinforcing the mistakes in a sense that you're making by adding more calories, because initially you look so much better right away. And then all of a sudden, three days later, you're like, Oh gee, well I've been tight on my diet. I yeah. It's what you, it's all the crap you ate two or three days prior that is catching up with you. And then all of a sudden, I mean, we've all heard this numerous times over. It's almost as if a client feels like one day they wake up fat. Yeah, it, They weren't the day before or they weren't yeah. three days before, but then all of a sudden it just kind of hits you. And I, I don't mean it in a derogatory or condescending way, but the point is, is you just have to be very, very aware that the reaction to that meal is not it, – it doesn't impact you yeah. in two hours and then it's done and over with. That's just not – Sorry, coach.
0: Sorry, coach. I fell off my plan on the weekend, and I ate, like, shit on Saturday and Sunday. But here's my pictures, and get this. I look even better. (laughs) You know you're in for trouble when when that starts happening.
2: But it's worse when they send the picture, like Skip says, like two hours after that meal when they go home, and they take their shirt off, and they're in the mirror, and they're flexing. You're like, I send me the pictures from the day (laughs) yeah
0: well that's here's the thing i think you get into with that situation is you do look better right because you had all that food and it's like now you're fuller and it's like yeah you know i got a little bit more water but i could get rid of that and be back on stage in no time so i'm good and and then it becomes a game of okay how much can i get away with because this worked out just fine and that's where you fuck yourself basically Mm -hmm. you know yep
2: And I think it fucks women more than men because I have some women clients that they do all the things that we're talking about here. And I'm like, look, there's more at play here than just the calories in calories out. Like you're hormonally fucked right now and Mm -hmm. we can't just throw a bunch of shit on top of it. You know what I mean? Like we need to fix the hormones and that does take a certain process to do that. Whereas guys, and I always look at it this way, like guys, they eat like shit and they put on 30 pounds in two weeks. Okay, they feel soft. They look like fat. They, they look fat. They have a laugh about it with their friends, right? Yeah. It doesn't hurt them mentally the same yeah. way it'll yeah. hurt a female. And it right. can set a female up for a very negative uh, uh, off-season. And then bodybuilding or bikini ruined their, you know, their enjoyment with lifting or the sport in general, or my coach didn't know what he was doing or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think all of us are experienced coaches. Like when we hear those kind of stories from someone that we take on that did something like that previously, we kind of roll our eyes and we're kind of like, you probably didn't follow the plan properly. Like, right. the, or maybe their coach didn't set them up with a plan. Cause I do see that a lot too. A lot of coaches don't provide the post contest support, which to me is like mind boggling because that's when they need yeah. it the most. Yeah. I think sometimes those people bail too, you know, they're That's, like, yeah, they yeah. just like, they get
0: their, they, they've done their show and stuff. And then they're like, you know, they, I'm going to save the money. I can do this myself type thing. And, and they don't want the the strictness anymore. Yeah. You know, they don't yeah. want that accountability anymore.
2: But then they wonder why like some of their favorite Instagram models or whatever look peeled year round is because those people do have that kind of discipline, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah we, we do know a lot of them are staying on PEDs year round too, but, but Top level pros that look good almost every picture three hundred and sixty five days a year, like those people are pretty regimented. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They're also very good at stockpiling stock photos. (laughs) Well, okay. There's that too.
0: There's that too.
1: You can get enough pictures to last you three or four months of the off season. (laughs)
0: Uh, Mike says, Hey guys, I have one question. Um, I've been using hydrochlorothiazide 25 milligrams daily for blood pressure for a couple of years now. My question is, do you think it has an impact on my gains, especially on cycle? Thanks.
2: Yes, because it's going to disrupt electrolytes and electrolytes are going to affect your training and training is going to affect the amount of muscle you put on. So, 25 MIGs, not horrible. Um, like I, I had an 80-year-old client that was prescribed like 75 or 90 milligrams a day uh, regularly. You know what I mean? But he wasn't trying to put on muscle and, and become a bodybuilder. But yeah, it's going to have – anything you can do to your body is going to have some factor. And using a drug that's going to disrupt your electrolyte balance is going to definitely affect your training on some level. And it's going to affect your your gains. Well, in fairness,
0: your client didn't necessarily take – all of his medication himself. Did <laughs> he, gave a to me. <laughs> he gave a few of them to me. He gave a few of them to me. I already knew that. Now, just to
1: play the other side though, yep. even though it does give up your, if it does impact your gains, I'm going to go out on a limb here, say I, you know, I don't myself, because I don't want to contradict what you're saying, because I agree with you. But on the other hand, I don't know that it'd be terribly significant um, to the point. Let's put it this way. To the point of thinking, well, I don't want to give up any any gains, so maybe I'll go the health route because oh yeah, just, yeah yeah you know and I know that I know you would agree that's why I thought I'd point it out but I yeah some people are kind of like that they're like well I'll just run my blood pressure a little higher no. Just yeah. don't do that. Sorry, because I wasn't it, saying you, to go against your yeah. doctor's prescription medication. Yeah, and I think yeah, 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 yeah. sometimes I don't know how people perceive things that we yeah, say. Sometimes I just want to make sure. Look, if you got even if you do give up a little bit, gains um, living longer will allow you to train, you know, longer and continue to do the things that you're doing to be able to train and not have a life threatening uh, kidney problem or heart issues yeah. or you know, based on 100%. the high blood pressure. So do what you got to do. True. And you know what, too? Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Scott.
0: Okay, I was just going to add that, you know what, because I think that you're right, Andrew, those things can occur. And the next thing that, that I think the following thought would be, but is it affecting you? Like, you know, are you noticing this stuff? Are you cramping all the time? Because if so, you know, maybe then you could use a different medication if it's like, if it's not working for you. And that's not us telling you, like, tell your doctor to give you something else. But, like, is it working? Because if it is, then you're probably doing just fine.
2: Tell your it's doctor to give years. you a telmosartan or something. Yeah, yes, yes. I, w- I guess I would also ask him, like, are you doing all the things that you can do on your end as, you know, an athlete or, a you know, a patient in terms of, like, cardiovascular That kind of stuff as well.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. What else do we have here? We've got a couple more. Brad says, hey, guys, I've had acne during my cycle lately, but I've been off gear for three months and my acne was getting better at first. And in the last month, it's starting to get bad again. What could be the cause? What uh, and what bloods, if any, do I need to look at for this?
2: So I think we see this more often with people. Uh, they, they tend to have more acne off cycle than they do on cycle. Uh, have you guys seen this? I, I, I see I, it with I,
1: timing I, or, or either increasing or decreasing blood levels of hormones. I do not see it 99.9% of the time when blood levels are constant. So you're either on and they're stabilized yep. or you're off and they're stable.
0: Yeah. I think that's, when you're off the post cycle, I think, you know, they can be in, unstable and there could be variation. If you're not taking TRT, yeah. you got yeah. variation in your own natural fluctuation. And especially if it's not, you know, like healthy levels, I don't know. Yeah. I'll throw that well, out I, there, I, but I would agree with you 100% that stable hormones equal better skin. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: I, I think it's an estrogen surge, honestly, but, and, and I do see this more in guys. Once they come off cycle, they're like, coach, I'm breaking out like a month or two after their cycle. Whereas, they ran a 10, 15, whatever week cycle, and they didn't have a single pimple. Yeah. Um, but I do think it has, is related to an estrogen surge. And I would use like a natural product that has something like DIM, uh, indole 3 carbonyl, calcium-3-gluconate. Uh, um, but in terms of labs to get checked, I, I would get everything. I would get test free test, estradiol, prolactin, uh, progesterone even, and, you know, see what's out of whack.
1: I'd take a shot and I'd say that his natural testosterone finally kicked, and that's kicked back in, mm. and that's on the climb, and that's why he's breaking out again, and I don't think it's stable yet. He may Some people are just far more sensitive to those shifts than other people. It's funny, too, because when I stayed, because you know I have a bad habit, and, and I admit it in the past, I would stay on. I stayed on, and people can call me dumb and everything up, but I always check my bloods and everything and I stayed on sometimes for long periods of time, but I never fucking broke out. That's not the reason that I stayed on, but I didn't break out for that reason because I did not have fluctuating levels. And then when I would come down, I would break out a little bit. I was also fortunate as a teenager because I didn't break out much. But anyway, I, again, I think that it's it could very well be that his natural testosterone, I think he said 10 or 12 weeks, if he came off with nothing, he may have been low. And now in his endogenous testosterone levels are starting to kick up. That could be too. I can't uh, disagree with the fact that it could be just testosterone-estrogen ratio, but I still think it would be. Uh, probably is somehow impacted by his endogenous levels really starting to kick up at this point.
0: And him talking about uh, testosterone and cycles that leads us down the, the hormone, the steroid thought of, you know, of causation for this, but like also the boring stuff is like, you know, how is the stress in your life? You know, are you sweating more at work? Cause it's getting hotter, you know, like mm-hmm. those types of factors too, that I think stress mm-hmm. plays a big fact, a uh, big role in, in, acne for people that are prone. Uh, I tend to be prone to acne. At least I used to be. And I feel like the more stressed that I was under, the more likely I was to break out too.
2: Well, there is an inverse relationship between cortisol and testosterone. So, mm. you know, like, like when people are in particularly stressful times, they start to produce less natural testosterone. So, uh, while well, their estrogen might still be high, so there could be, yeah, I mean, that, that could absolutely make sense.
1: One more reason to always stay on. (laughs) Just kidding. God, you guys. Uh, Danny says, would
0: love to hear all your thoughts on this. This will be a fun one. Does junk, and we've got two more. Does junk volume exist on steroids? This would have been a great topic to fucking lead the show, Scott. Why did you not think of that sooner? (laughs) In uh, the science-based community... There's a thing called junk volume, which means, oh, there's see more uh, I think we oh. get the gist of it. I, I didn't get the whole thing. Yeah, well, But he says, says we, we all, all know it's a seriously enhanced, enhanced, enhanced recovery. So I
2: mean, we can deduct what the rest of it was from there. I I think we kind of already answered this on the previous segment show, right? Well,
1: let's talk about it again. <laughs> What, okay, okay so any. you guys define, I've never heard the term junk volume. You never have? What, it, it's a, it's a, what does okay. that mean?
2: I think it means like at the end of, or not necessarily at the end, just doing way more volume than you need to. Like anything let's say, that's not going to help you grow. Yeah, like, oh, in, so instead wasted of, time. Okay, yeah, yeah, it. like, you know, doing eight exercises for your biceps and eight exercises for your triceps when the more effective volume would be somewhere in the three to four, maybe five exercise range, that kind of thing, you know, killing, killing it from all angles. I think like, uh, was it Serge Nubray who used to do like a hundred sets per workout, I think? Yeah, it was something might... ridiculous. Yeah. He had some ridiculous or it started at 50 sets of workout, and then like each week in his prep it went up like five or ten sets. By the end of his prep, he was doing like a hundred sets of workout, which that, that is junk volume. That's cardio at that point, right? Because how can yeah. you maintain the intensity needed for you know the last exercise as, as same as the first oh there we go. We got another dog.
0: <laughs> no. I was I was jealous of Andrew.
2: <laughs> I got a little dark Very nice <laughs> Very cool, but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, could you put the question up one more time? <laughs> sure,
1: sure. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, let's see. Because I mean. think he's saying that it relates to steroids. To yeah, can, steroids. Can, Is there? Can okay. you? Can okay. you
0: still overtrain basically on steroids? Is you know is what he's asking. Oh, yeah. Well, Absolutely. yeah, you can definitely do that.
1: But if it's junk Absolutely. volume and it's not to failure, you're going to be able to be able to do a lot more. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record. and I'm gonna say this and. Oh, God, it almost pains me to say this. I have recently thought that there might actually be some truth to... I know what you're going to say. Oh, God, I just hate to, to. And it's funny that this is the term because I had never put this term with what I'm thinking. But volume that is not to failure, when you're feeding yourself with hormones and you're not overtraining, there could be something to this because I am seeing... Pro after pro, um, and it's kind of cool now because in the fur in the beginning of YouTube and everything, no one would put up anything that wasn't just absolutely brutally intense. Or, now you're seeing everyday workouts, and I'm like, this is all you're doing? Like, you got to be fucking kidding me! This is all you're doing, and you're just growing like crazy. And there is something you know. You go to Milos. Milos does change. You know, he trains his mm. guys hard and stuff too. But it's all it's very cyclical. So there are times where they're not training as hard and they're just. You know, they're fueling insulin, they're they're pushing nutrients, and the workouts are just kind of to get blood in there, to get nutrients in there, take advantage of the hormones, and they're fucking growing. There could very well be something to this. His question, though, about it being related to steroids and studies and everything else, that's tough, again, correlation, causation, because – if you're doing studies, what are you, who are you doing the studies on? Are you doing studies on guys who have always trained hard and then they back off and they grow more? No. You're doing studies on guys with steroids who are willing to do it. They're probably college kids. They will fucking grow from anything and they may not have done a lot of steroids and certainly not for 20 or 30 years. So I don't know where this all falls. I'm kind of just letting my brain allow my, like, basically Ooh. puke through my mouth. What do you think of that?
2: I think all of us can agree that to build the physiques we had today, we had to do some pretty intense stuff in terms yeah. of reaching failure, going beyond failure at different times, right? So yeah. <coughs> excuse me, we can check off that box that training intensely in some capacity at some level of your bodybuilding development is an absolute must. Now, possibly, and I and I think the term you're looking for was reps in reserve.
1: To but, a certain degree, yeah. But the, I even that, think that's that that the term that's going to trained that hard. But yeah, that's a good, I guess that's, that's a good way to put
2: it. Well, well, that's the terminology now. And I think back in the day, it used to be called submaximal training, or, you know, someone might just write in a program like, you know, leave two reps in the tank. That's kind of what I would put in, in terms of terminology. I do think there is some benefit to that. And I was turned on to that after being a DC guy for like 10, 12 years and then talking to John and work, starting to work with John, where Let's say you were doing five training days a week. Your first three days were like legs, chest, shoulders, back, and those were all super intense days. But then the pump days, which were sub-maximal days where you're not pushing it to absolute failure, you're not doing those exercises like barbells, squats, that kind of stuff. You're doing other things. Um, I did see some benefit with that, and I still do see some benefit with that sub-maximal reps or whatever you want to call it type training. So, yeah. But I'm still doing several days of all-out intense shit make it hurt right you know what i mean right. so i think yeah. there's a blend of both and i think like you had mentioned uh, milo's uh, cycling his training that makes a lot of sense to me too you know mm-hmm. reaching the point where you're overreaching in terms of not overtraining but overreaching and then pulling it back right at that point so you have your recovery wheels spinning like this but then you pull the work volume down a little bit to where okay you're recovering even more than you're working so you're able to put on a little bit more muscle during that time span that makes sense to yeah me.
0: yeah I feel like this is a topic that Scott Stevenson has talked about a lot. I don't know if he specifically said like for a steroid user, but I'd be very curious to hear what his response would be. But I think overall, you know, I would say that uh, and, and I do kind of I think I remember his message to the rest of his post saying that. He's done really well with a lot of volume in his training. And I do think that like for all of us, whether you're enhanced or whether you're natural, that you're going to make really good progress with anything at first. And and then if you do more of it, you're probably going to make even better progress. But there's only so much progress that you're going to be able to get out of that because you can't continually like it's eventually going to stop. And when you get to that point, if you're making good progress with high, high volume and endless sets, which I've done that in the past, then awesome. Keep riding that out as long as your joints are feeling good and everything else. But mm-hmm. if when it stops, you're going to have to think of something else because you're not going to be able to add more sets. It won't It won't be an infinite continual line upward.
1: Let me what's, pick it back off that and say this one thing. To anybody who's listening and is trying to figure out how to cycle their training and everything else, because it's very, very complex. Honestly, I sit here after training almost 40 years and I am disappointed that it is as complex as it is. And I still deal with, I mean, I'm, I'm cruising, I'm blasting two, three weeks tops and cruising. People think I'm nuts, but I'm doing it because it's fucking working and I hate it. I want to go in and bang all the time. I don't like pulling back. But as soon as you like a training, a training style and a training type of format, you have to remove yourself from that likability and completely gauge how well it's going and how well you're progressing aside from or detached from the fact that you like it because liking something doesn't make it effective. And it's just a bit to detach the two. And if I'm saying that after doing this for as long as I've done it for someone who's new to it is, I don't know how the fuck you pull away from it. I don't know how you pull back. There are times where I'll take a week off and come back stronger and go, why am I not training every other fucking week? (laughs) And and clearly I could balance things out, but, but the point is if you take, I'll admit it. If you take a complete week off and you come back the next week, stronger and everything, you are clearly not recovering very well.
2: That's true. You're just not,
1: you're not. So if it comes down, which was my, I'm just training too hard. And I look at how I'm training. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. But it comes back to what I've said before. The longer you train, the more you can tolerate, psychologically you don't even realize how hard you train, and somebody might see me train and go you don't train that. i don't train that heavy but i train hard as shit so you might not be impressed with the numbers i'm putting up but that inside you might only be able to not you guys but you may only be able to tolerate 75 percent of what i'm tolerating inside during that set so you- it's not it's just a recovery issue. And and if that happens and you have to take that week off and you come back strong, you got to reevaluate the shit you're doing. Yeah. Got one more, <laughs> one more question here. Well,
2: uh, let me add one thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why the majority of training programs all fall within the same volume and frequency parameters, right? Like there's no programs out. There's very few, I should say that have you training three times a day, 30 sets per workout, or on the other end, have you training one per once per week, one set for exercise. So through trial and error, through all of us, all of bodybuilding history, we've narrowed it down to some capacity of what's the proper volume, what's the proper frequency. And it's just some variation of that, that you have to find out what works for you while taking into account. Am I, am I not recovering properly? And do I need to plan more deloads?
0: Thank you for tuning into another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. If we've provided value to you today, then please consider contributing to our show. You can help support the show through Patreon. Every $5 helps to pay for the software and the hardware and everything else that goes into making a podcast. You can also contribute by using our code at True Nutrition. True Nutrition has been our title sponsor for several years now. I'm super grateful for them. And I've believed in True Nutrition supplements long before they sponsored our programming. You could use our code THINK for health supplements and performance supplements. Feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have free shipping over $99, huge discounts on overstock, short-dated, and label-change products. Plus, they have all your normal supplements, too. Thank you guys for listening to the commercial. I hope you're having a great day and that your bodybuilding is going well. Let's get back to the shelf. Yep. Well put. This be kind of a fun one. Uh, question on overall daily caffeine consumption and how much might be too much with people doing multiple coffees daily, plus energy drinks, plus pre workouts, etc. etc. Skip, etc. That's what I said, etc. <laughs> etc. That's what I said, etc. Cool. cool whip. The H is I just say ETC. <laughs> E-T-C. There you go. That's what he said, too,
1: actually. Yeah. More specifically, I want to say. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Now no, I'm just being a dick. Uh, caffeine. Well, look, I, I'm older. I, I drink a Monster once a day. That's my caffeine in my meal prior to training. And I'm not sure I'm not going to die because of all the negative connotations around synthetic caffeine and everything else. It's my own outside of nicotine pouches. It's my only real caffeine. And I don't have coffee because I only dr- would drink coffee early in the day. And I train at like eight o'clock at night. So I'm not going to have coffee at eight o'clock. It doesn't taste good. So I go with synthetic, but if I ever have to have a bang and it's 300 milligrams, so 200, I feel like anxious and I'm like wired. I'm like, this is not cool. So I think age plays a part. I don't do pre-workouts. I can't because of my nerve damage. It, things like beta alanine and stuff just they, I'll, I'll go home and not train. If I were to take something, take beta alanine, I'm in such pain, I can't fucking do mm-hmm. anything, and I'll go home and just lie on the couch. So I don't use pre-workouts. I think a lot of this is an age thing. I think that as you get older, I think you need to be very, very careful with stimulants. And pre-workouts these days, I'm sorry, but basically if you're a nutrition uh, like a supplement company, you're just trying to get as much shit in there because mm-hmm. the more the person feels or the more the c- customer feels your product, the more they're like, oh, this is a shit. Bro, you gotta try. Like I thought I was gonna die. Like I couldn't, my heart. I- <laughs> and that's like this badge of courage or something. Yeah. And for and someone take like my I might not wake up in the fucking morning if I take something like that. <laughs> and I laugh. But there's some truth to the fact that they're just not very healthy. So when you when you stack Coffee on top of uh, bangs on top of pre-workouts. I'm just going to go on record and say, I don't care if you're not as old as me. I'm old as fuck. You're still asking for trouble, blood pressure, the stress that it's putting on your body. And then you're going in and training. I just I think it's a little bit of a roll of dice on top of gear, on top of GH, on top of any type of other water retention, yeah, have, which is already causing extra stress. Yeah, it, there's just a lot going on there.
0: Mm hmm. Andrew, how much caffeine do you use a day?
2: Real time. I have one, one coffee. Okay, so I do think as we get into the prep phase, caffeine does have a little bit more of a benefit or importance. But and which is why both myself and I try to tell my clients, let's detox off the caffeine as much as possible. Like with phases of zero coffee, zero bang drinks, zero, you know, um, all those types of stems. But for me, like in the off season right now, just one coffee in the morning. Um, maybe on a Saturday afternoon, we might have another one, but that's just like more of a casual social thing more than anything. But in terms of like pre-contest, like I'll start out at like a coffee in the morning and then, you know, maybe, maybe at eight weeks out or seven weeks out, I might add in another coffee. And then maybe I'm like this, like rarely I'll add in a pre-workout with caffeine, but I know some, like I've had some female clients they will do like like one of those like really large cups of coffee for breakfast and then they'll do two bang energy drinks and they will do a a pre-workout with caffeine, DMHA, DMA, all those other stims in it. And I'm like, Whoa, like for the same, everything that Skip just said, like, like I'm worried about your health here, you know, not just for today, but for like long-term, which I think was what Skip was alluding to. Um, But yeah, I mean, adrenal burnout's a real thing. Like I know the medical community doesn't completely, you know, I guess, attribute it to anything yet, or they don't really completely understand it more than anything, but yeah, these stims can have major effect on your adrenal output and the resulting uh, hormonal cascade that you get from it. Absolutely. So I didn't, I stopped drinking coffee
0: for a really long time and then I met Victoria. End of the story. <laughs> End of story. The Canadians drink there a lot was an of coffee. There, I'm like, Come PhD on, I'm students. Doing. PhD students drink a lot of coffee, and so yeah. we would go out on like a date. And I knew she liked coffee, so I was like, "Hey, could we go buy Starbucks?" Do you, like I'm trying to be like a real gentleman. I'm like, "Hey, yeah. can we get you a coffee or something?" You know, because we don't drink or anything. And she was like, "Yeah,
1: Starbucks."
0: And uh, yeah, they didn't have you were star- trying to get laid. Yeah, like, exactly. Like whatever you, you want, it. it's on me. Be and a now gentleman. Now I'm on it. <laughs> And I even have the app. I have the app on my phone. So like, or we're going to Starbucks. And I'm like, bah, 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 and I can bring it up. And right now, I have like twenty seven dollars on the app, and I just boom, <laughs> scan in I store. Can't go.
1: I can't go to Starbucks because I had something there one time a couple years ago in Michigan. It was called a caramel frappuccino and it was cold or something and it was like fucking crack and i went back and bought another one because yeah, i could did. not get enough of it and then i felt yeah. very very sick <laughs> but they were <laughs> retardedly good yeah. like yeah. i know now why people get fat from this shit we because just get you have those every day huh
0: we just get uh Amer- americanos so you can get that yeah. without oh, me fattening oh, you know? yeah. that's, that's just regular sugar. coffee did you go it's, every day no, 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 no. Because oh, the, the cheap person in me can't. Like, I I can't justify buying all that coffee because now you're spending like three dollars a day.
2: You know, I can't. But somehow I do because of
0: she. She's Rachel. <laughs>
2: likes the, she likes.
0: It, does she go to Starbucks specifically too?
2: Every morning when I drive her to work.
0: Oh, that's she's got to have that Starbucks. So yeah, we do it on like date day. And that'll be like a special time. And as long yeah. as it's before noon, because she doesn't want to have coffee after that. But yep. yeah,
2: that's it. Yeah, that is another big thing is that like I, I like if I'm training in the afternoon at four o'clock, I don't want to have caffeine right before that because it is going to affect you on the on the back end when trying to go to bed. Dude, no
0: question. I don't know how I did it, but I used to train at like five or six, sometimes a little bit later than that. I'd get out of work from the pop company, soda company. Sorry, people. And I know <laughs> it's, it's like. Pop. I'd take yeah. like uh, what do you call it? Uh, like, um, what was that? Jacked mm. with like the one, three DMA in it. Yeah. And I'm like slamming that shit down and I'm training my ass off. I get home at eight o'clock and yep. then they had that other stuff.
2: It was, um, <laughs> do you
0: ever hear a craze? That's
2: yeah. That had some actual, uh, real methamphetamines in it because yeah. it got shut down. Dude. I remember. So I worked. I'm Scott
1: What? To it. I'm Scott. Two o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah, dude. I remember I was dating this girl who worked at a midnight shift. Can't seem and, to sleep. And so <laughs> I don't know. It'd be I don't like, know what the problem is. It'd,
1: yeah.
0: it'd be it like. Fuck? It'd be like. A, it'd be like 10 o'clock at night and she'd get out of work and she'd come over <laughs> on, on like my day off. and I'd like stay up for a few hours. She'd come over and I'd have taken craze like seven hours ago. And I'm like, Hey, how's it he going? I had a really good day. How are you? <laughs> like,
1: talking real fucking Yeah, I feel really good. I my mean, pupils I mean, are probably like saucers. To do. I'm going to yeah. text Skip. I know he's up. You, you guys, so. Yeah, you would be too. <laughs> you guys take
2: the, um, the original ultimate orange. Oh, God. oh, oh, yeah. God. oh God. I think yeah. that killed
1: people. I'm pretty sure that killed people. We <laughs> uh, didn't have social media, so you didn't fucking know. <laughs> Nobody could talk about it. They just would disappear. You're like, what happened to your friend? Well, it was oh, like, like don't know. caffeine.
2: You just didn't come to the, the gym. Like max dose that you could put in the, into a serving. And I actually like the taste of it. I know a lot of people thought it yeah. was disgusting, but the orange, I loved it we drink two scoops of that before a football game and wonder why we we're all puking 5 minutes before kickoff on the field but dude i didn't
0: understand the concept of a pre-workout back then cuz this was like 8th grade or so 7th grade and i had wow. a tub of that stuff and i'd i thought it was like you know like you it was like i'd take a drink of it and then i would do my curls yeah and, like then I'd finish, and then i finish and then i take another drink of it and i would do another set of curls <laughs> so yeah
1: stingerman right now is sitting in a jail cell going well, Dan Duchesne didn't go to jail. What's the <laughs> difference? Like, I this isn't even fair. I'm getting fucked over on this. Duchesne was in
0: jail, though. He he. Oh, he may more, have been. He know. went more than once, but his was he like- was
1: the true. That guy was legit when it came to elaborate. Like he just wanted to. I almost I know this sounds kind of morbid or moribund, but it's a very. I almost have a weird respect for mm-hmm. his his passion or his thirst for. For knowledge, knowledge. And, and, and experiment and the lab rat shit that he did on himself was in was just insane. The pioneer, was, he discovered oh, so much no about question. bodybuilding. That's an understatement. I completely agree with. you. Wasn't yep.
2: he the first guy to use insulin on himself, like for bodybuilding purposes? Probably. I wouldn't be I feel that, like. I there's remember. a story. I heard a secondhand story or on one of the podcasts. Someone who was there when he comes over and he's like, "All right, guys, I'm going to take." 20 units of insulin or whatever it was. He's like, I want you to like monitor how long it takes for me to pass out, wake me up and then have me drink this sugar solution like as quick as possible. And God.
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean, he brought it. I mean, look at the things we have today that we just take for granted. Like you want a fat burner, take some clen. You know, they never yeah. knew about that before him. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, we went a little off topic guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> um, Go to Body berry. Dot com. You can reach out to Andrew over there. Go to TeamSkip.com. You can reach out to Skip Hill over there. McNally diets at Gmail. That's me. And uh, we're all available for coaching. Of course, go to our awesome sponsors, TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK. Go to SupplementSource.ca. If you're in Canada, you can get awesome deals over there. Free shipping over $99. Amino Asylum, Code THINK, all of that. And uh, I wanted to say once again, thank you to everybody from Patreon. You guys are freaking killing it. I really appreciate you. In fact, I wanted to thank, it's late in the show, but I wanted to thank Matt and Michael both, who both signed up for the Patreon this month. You guys are helping me to pay the bills to put this thing out. Skip and Andrew, as always, it has been a pleasure. Always.
1: well, yep.
0: And guys, the 11 of you that are still hanging out on the live feed, after two hours and 12 minutes... What else do you – you a, don't have anything to do with You're getting with a
2: free life. T-shirt.
1: They deserve something. Holy they, shit. You're a free a bottle a, of
0: test. Free bottle of test.
1: <laughs> from 20 from minutes Scott McNally. Like, nah, oh, God. Oh,
0: God. If you guys don't hear me from me again, Andrew got me busted for something I didn't do.
2: All right. See you guys.